Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. everybody i am guile and i tweet at door podcast and today i'm joined by clotho hi i'm clotho you can find me at clotho spindle on twitter and comma hi i'm comma and you can find me at oxford splice on twitter and we are gathered today for a special episode that was requested on patreon by samantha and our topic is motherhood in westeros um I think it's really fitting we have a mother on the podcast and two and two non mothers. So we'll see how this works out. We're gonna also talk about, you know, found families as well. Um so to start us out, I did some research because I love spreadsheets on um mother like how many mothers do we know in Westeros? Because I think we've had a, the conversation before on the podcast about all of the dead mothers and how all of the, you know, so many of the main characters rather conspicuously have dead mothers and that it was fairly upsetting. So I went through on, I don't, if people are familiar with the website Sporkle, there's a bunch of memory quizzes on it. And one of them is the top 300 most mentioned characters in a song of ice and fire. I can usually get like 231 of them, by the way. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I, I do. I, I love my memory game. Um, and so I went through the top 25 characters taking out full siblings and just wanted to get an idea of like what percentage of them had living mothers and fathers and et cetera. So, you know, the actual stats were that only 20 percent of those top 25 characters had living mothers, um, while 40 percent had living fathers um, at the start of the series. And 52% of them had mothers that we even knew their names of um, for fathers that was 60%. So that probably wasn't as great of a disparity that I thought. So, um, you know, why why are the mothers absent? Like, what are our thoughts about that? I'm looking at your spreadsheet now, which yeah. I'm, I'm sad we cannot share because this is quite impressive. I know. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, <laughs> it's really cool. But it's astonishing to me how many of these ladies are dead. Yeah. I mean, doesn't it yeah, seem really, to be a thing um, in fiction in general? It seems to be like an across-the-board thing, like not just with, you know, George Martin. Well, there's well, a someone mentioned of, Disney to me and like yeah. how all the moms in Disney are dead, too. Yeah. Well, most, I mean, a lot of Disney movies, I mean, like if you exclude the cool ones like That Darn Cat and stuff, um, um, which I'm sorry, no one here has probably seen but me. But um, I mean, most of those are based on fairy tales and dead mothers are a real big theme in fairy tale, which kind of makes sense because of the, you know, but there's certain genres. Like if you look at like gothic romances, the moms Mm -hmm. are almost always out of the picture. They may have been a father and he was just sort of, you know, it's usually just the heroine. I mean, I I wonder if it's a a function of like just the writer wanting to focus on, you know, a lot of times the the characters and orphans. Well, yeah, men and orphans (laughs) are like you when you have family, like. You, there's more I don't know family gets involved and when there's no family you can kind of let them run I don't know if that's any part of it like yeah but okay so did you I'm just curious because I'm looking at the father column too and it just seems like more of these people have yeah. known fathers than known mothers 
Yeah. I mean, I mean, they might be dead, yeah. but they're like we've got names for more of them. It was 60% to 52%. So I actually thought that would be a bigger disparity, but yeah. with the look and if we looked at if we looked at more characters, I think it would be, but of these top 25, there's a there's a lot of characters that are older and we just don't know anything, you know, like a Roose Bolton, um, you know, the clicking, yeah. like Sander, yeah. um, you well, know, Jorah. Like- the Mormons and, and whatnot. Like we just don't have any information about them that, and like Hodor, you know, like, or yeah. Varys, like these, you know, yeah. these types of characters. Well, but like, I mean, point. I don't think she's probably in your top 25. Cause I don't think they're her progeny were in your top 25, but um, like the princess of Dorne. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, who's what the father of, um, well, obviously I'm sorry. I'm like having massive. And, yeah, and, yeah. And then um, Doran, I mean, She's never given a name, but she's mentioned a lot. Or even, you know, Malario of Norvos, who's Arianne, Quentin, and Tristan's mom. You know, she's conspicuously out of the picture. You know, she's right. left Dorne. So even when the mother is alive, and, you know, and actually this is a really good point. Even when the mother is alive, she is, you know, there's many cases where she is off, con- conspicuously off the canvas. So Absent, I'm yeah. thinking of like Alanis Greyjoy, who is, you know, hmm, yeah, you know, essentially, you know, not crazy, but she's, you know, she is de- debilitated, let's say. Um, and clearly less of an influence. Right. Or, you know, we get, you know, some of these, like, you know, a Larry Hightower. She's mentioned, she has a name, but I don't know if she ever has a line of dialogue. And yet, you know, she's Loris Marjorie, you know, et cetera's mom. So, I mean, she's the mom yeah. of very prominent characters, but... You know, whereas Mace and Olena have very distinct personalities, you know, she has no personality. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot of these cases where the mother is, you know, has no personality or is like just completely a non-factor. I wonder how much of this. I mean, I don't I don't know enough about Martin to kind of go here, but I'm going to go here. But like as a person, but like this sort of like, I don't know, systemic not even deliberate or conscious misogyny. Like you look sometimes at movies and you look at, you know, there'll be like maybe one or two um, prominent women characters and the rest will be men. Yeah. Or, you know, like you look at, you know, I, I kind of wonder if he was I don't just know. Not, I, I, no. I don't know because he, there yeah. are so many women characters in A Song of Ice and Fire who are so rich and so well, co- you know, complex. And, so and of, then, you know, I don't know. We hear about, oh, you know, a lot of this is women dying in childbirth and the historical aspects of that and how, you know, A Song of Ice and Fire has its has some of its roots in the in the War of the Roses. And, you know, there's a couple, you know, there's kind of competing aspects of that because, you know, the War of the Roses had these women like Margaret Beaufort who were like clearly huge, huge influences in the war in, you know, in that fight for power. And, you know, I was kind of thinking, hey, Martin, you know, where is this parallel? But then. You know, sort of an interesting aspect of that is, you know, these were women that were fighting for the power, for their son's power. And, you know, George has written this with women who are fighting for, you know, we have Danny, Cersei, Asha, Arianne that are fighting for their power. Like, they're not fighting for power for their children. Like, really, even Cersei isn't. Because once Tommen has power, we see that, yeah, you know, no, it's, it's hers. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was like, well, that's kind of, you know, that kind of made me like it a little bit more. Like, okay. It, it's while the mothers, while we, while while we don't see the mothers of these characters in action, women aren't just defined by being a mother. 
Um, so, I mean, it's it's that same – Yeah, except he, he that – values motherhood, I, I feel you like. Sometimes you hear about – I guess my, my rebuttal to that is sometimes you hear about the fathers of these characters and you hear how they are as people, not necessarily as fathers, but as mm-hmm. just as generally, you know, the stories about them or whatever. And the women – but we don't really hear that about the women. Like, we don't hear a lot of story. I mean, like yeah. – like somebody like uh, Titus, um, Tywin's father. I mean, we hear a lot about him over the course of several books and his character flaws and what. But I mean, we don't hear. I don't think we hear jack shit about um, uh, Jane Marbrand. Right. I mean, you the know? same with you know Ned and Cat. Like we know about Rickard Stark and Hoster Tully, but we don't know anything about you know Liara Stark, who was not even yeah. named in the books. And then you and, know, and it, went. And it seems odd that like. Okay, well, Tywin doesn't, I mean, Tywin never sits down and really chats about his dad, but I mean, it seems odd that, like, we wouldn't hear, like, we hear from, we hear from Jenna, um, we hear from, you know, we hear, like, particularly from Jenna, like, talking about her experiences, but we don't hear anything about her mother. You know, I just, I'm just wondering if some of this is just a sort of subconscious, you know, whatever the term is, like, it's just a lot of times how men kind of you know i'm even thinking more of like type a personalities and maybe i just know more of them but i know <laughs> mothers trying to get their kids into college like that's a real thing and you'd yeah. think that the women in this world i mean I've, I've seen it firsthand like it's a real like more of a natural instinct you want something better for your kids but sometimes is it maybe not considering the whole but so, if we go yeah. to the characters who are mothers i think you do see some of that you yeah, see it yeah. in cat and cersei and lyson you, you know t- Tana Merriweather, you see it in the Stolkworths, you know, in yeah. um, you know, like Sibel Spicer, that's a great one. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. Very, yeah. You know, so you yeah. do see it more in the women who are mothers, but even then, I mean, it is Some a handful of Some of these are like the crusty old ladies. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, no, I mean, like, like again, Jenna, I keep going Lena. back to film. Like, you have your ingenue, you have your your spicy old lady who's going to be, you know, your, your Elena, you know, Tyrell character, you know, you've got your ingenues, you might have, you know, occasionally a Catelyn or whatever, but you don't, there's fewer. You don't have a 30 year old mom. Like she, yeah, or is like, absent, you know, it's, it's just not as common. And I, I think some of this, I mean, he started writing these books in what the nineties. I mean, I mean, and I'm looking at how things are today. And I mean, like Lysa is, I'm sure we'll get into her is like, yeah, you know, Lysa and Cersei are not great moms, right? I mean, Catelyn is probably the exception. But you know, there's so much of George that, you know, like we've talked in Danny's chapters about yeah. how, you know, there's that influence in like the 90s, like harem romance novel. There's a lot of soap opera in him, too. Yes, though. And like night yes, soap opera yes. is the one genre that <laughs> yeah. like middle aged mothers are yes. actually allowed to be like fully formed characters. Yeah, so, you know. I, I guess I'm just like, it seems like, <laughs> I don't know, I guess with some of the some of the male characters, like, you know, you're, you'd be. You know, you go off to be a squire at five or seven or whatever it is, and you're not home till you're, you know, an adult. You know, yeah. I get why that might be less of an influence, but like, I don't know. There's, it's just, and I'm not sure. Just the class is an issue too, but I, because yeah. uh, women who have someone else taking care of their kids are, to some extent, like they can, I guess, monetarily maneuver things better, but they're not as physically involved. 
And that's a yeah, you know, like they have the, the wet nurses. Show. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, and the... I think you, you know, you kind of said something interesting about like the influence. And if we, you know, if we think again about these main characters, and whether we met their mother or not, like, is there an influence of? Are they influenced? Do they seem like their, you know, their mom or or anything we know about them? And for the most part, you know, you think about okay, John and you know, we don't know Leanna, but we know a lot about her. But John doesn't really, you know, we hear always about like how wild, you know, Leanna is, and like there's doesn't seem like very much of that in John. You know, yeah. in Joanna Lannister, we hear about her, but you know, we have oh, Tyrion is Tywin, and Jamie is all of his uncles, and Cersei just wants to be like Tywin, so we don't really. You know, it's not like Jenna's telling one of those kids, like, oh, you're a lot like Joanna. You know, she was really like this. Like, yeah. you know, none of that. I mean, maybe Kat and, and, and uh, Sansa. That's like the only. Yeah, Although nice a lot thing. of that is physical. A lot of it is that yeah. she looks like her mother or, you know, I mean, yeah. it's. Hmm. I don't know. That's interesting. And maybe Sam and like Melissa Florent, because we, you know, we know very little of her, but she seems a little weak, a little sweet. You know, we don't know if she's like an intellectual like Sam or not, you know, but maybe a little bit of that just because he's so unlike Randall Tarley. But, yeah, we just, you know, yeah, we don't skip a generation. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we just we don't get to know them like that. Or and, and a lot of it is not like I mean, it's so hard because I I see it. and I'm like, OK, Cersei, I feel like she's had an influence. But then we go, you know, we've had these discussions before. How much is her raising him? And that's sort of like bristles when it's like. You know, there's things you do. Like, I remember when my kids were really young, like, you'd feel like the in-laws were judging you. And, you know, my son, oh, this this is because you do this, you do this, you do this. And and my daughter, you know, I had her, and then she's completely different personality, really laid back, just totally different person. And it's suddenly, you know, never nobody ever said, oh, I was wrong about that. You know, I never got that out of them. But it's this, <laughs> this idea that the mothers get blamed. And you do, you internalize, you blame yourself for, did I do this? But they do. It's like, they're their own personalities are such a mix, but there's so much we just can't control. So it's like, I don't want to let Cersei off, but I don't want to just totally blame Joffrey. Well, you know? I know we had some questions really <laughs> yeah, focused actually, on Cersei, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so nobody um, from the subreddit asked, um, actually, that was a perfect segue, Clotho. Um, they asked, how responsible is Cersei's parenting for Joffrey's uh, violent tendencies and his lack of empathy towards others? Do you consider Cersei's enabling and overprotectiveness to be more or less to blame um, than Robert's neglect or Joffrey's own nature? I mean, Joffrey is like the classic. I mean, he's he has those traits of like the classic sociopath, like the animal torture and stuff, you know. So it's like Cersei's horrible, but I have a hard time blaming her for Joffrey. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, I've answered. This has come up over the years, and I. The animal thing, particularly, I've always, I think he came out like that. I mean, I'm sure maybe his tendencies could have been reined in, but I think, I mean, I don't think there's anything anybody could have done. I think he was born like that and she just amplified everything, but I don't think she made him what he is, if that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like her, there's things that you can do as a parent to be like, you know, like, that wouldn't even apply in their world, but just psychologically to be supportive of your child to not like create a damaging situation that, you know, if you have this, like, you know, he had this inherent issue that seems to be George is implying is there, but it's like, you know, yeah, she probably made it worse. <laughs> she didn't help matters, but she didn't. Right. Like, yeah. It's, I mean, I, but I think a lot of that is just, 
I think that's just something people naturally do is like you try to blame the parents for everything. And there is a lot of the blame to go around in A Song of Ice and Fire for dads and moms. But uh. (laughs) Well, I mean, I really think Robert, you know, there's a lot, Robert. I mean, Robert just sounds like a, I mean, he's like, he sounds like the kind of parent who like brings gifts, pays attention when it suits and then leaves, you know, like he's never, it doesn't sound like he's at all present in any of his children's, you know, upbringing, even though yeah, I mean, like I think common, I think identify, I mean, I think his children all identify at least partially as Baratheon, but I don't think he's really there much. And yeah. I think, you know, if he had had kids with Liana, I don't know that he would have been terribly Anything different, better, you know? Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't have been so extreme, but I just, yeah, it seems like he wants, you know, he he wants to be the Disney dad, basically. <laughs> and I mean, he, you know, they certainly are privileged enough that it's not like, you know, it's not like he and Cersei are arguing about the diapers either, you know, like she's not doing that either. But I mean, yeah, no, they have, I mean, she's got staff for all of that. Yeah. But yeah, he's, you know, I think he'd be happy seeing his kids once in a while and going to do something with them that he wants to do, you know? Like, let's go to a baseball game. Let's, you know, well, or like, the Westerosi equivalent, you know? But yeah, he doesn't really want to be there for the day back to day. To like friends who had, um, or whose parents were divorced. And, you know, I'd hear the fight sometimes, you know, when the, the father would come over with the toys or to take the kid to the zoo or whatever. Um, and you know, the mom would be screaming, I need you for this, 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 and you know, like they, and they're just there for like a drum set. Exactly. <laughs> leaving you it know, out feeds the kid all the sugar and then drops them off. Yeah. You know, that that's kind of it's totally him. And some of like Liza, what she does is like honestly, I'm, I don't even think this was around that when he would have written that, but like some of it was reminiscent of the attachment. Again, I'm yeah. not trying to make people feel bad because I was sort of an attachment parenter and it's not a totally negative thing, but some people did take it to the extreme. And some of that is like, you know, super, 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 you know, protective and like, you know, this, I don't know. It's, it's, there's stuff there. <laughs> But he just, um, he just takes it to the extreme. That's what it is. Like it's almost like they're caricatures of like things that are really exist in parenting, but they're just way out there. I, I think that's one of my I mean, I think that's one of my issues with like they're either they're not even mentioned, which is I think I really think there's something going on there. But um like again, with the sort of like just the way people write narrative, but um Yeah. But like and I don't yeah. know how much that is because he, you know, George doesn't have, I mean, I hate to be like that. You know, he doesn't, I don't know. I don't know if his experience. Would his would be, own? Yeah. I don't well, know if his know, experience like, writing I mean, would be different. He's not a parent either. So, I mean, yeah. you know, he well, and his wife aren't parents. So, I mean, that could play into it too. I know nothing about it, his mother. I mean, I know his, his, um, I think his grandfather walked out on them. Oh yeah. That the special. That he was ancestry. on that ancestry show yeah. and, um, I, that was clearly a big thing because when yeah. he found out what the true story was, he was like sitting there, like thrown for a total loop. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know how much of that. Like, it sounds like he was closer to his grandmother and hated the grandfather. And mm. you know, I don't know. I mean, again, that's a, that's his life, though. This is not a story. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you draw on your, you know, I yeah. mean, we we think that he draws on his some of his life, you know, in the Jamie and Brienne fandom. Obviously, there's things that. Well, he, you know, we're I mean, pretty I sure he's drawing on. 
I mean, I remember watching that thing and he's, yeah. he's talking about, um, basically if you're, if you have no idea what we're talking about, he was on a, a PBS finding your roots, I think is the name of the show. Um, and he did like genetic testing and he also, they did a family tree on him and a lot of stuff came up in that, that I do think relates to his stories. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have a question actually, it's sort of, we already touched on, um, but it had to do with, and we were just talking about influence and now of course I can't find it. Um, um, this is, I believe from, um, I never, I don't know how to say this wire at who asks, um, is it possible in the text and or in your opinion to be an adequate mother for a girl in Westeros considering the lesser women role women can play? I mean, I think Kat was a more than adequate mother for Sansa. You know, she prepared her to, you know, what, you know, she kind of prepared her to be the head of a household and yeah. to know, you know, to know the things that she was going to know in her station and in like her future job, basically. I think she would have been fine. I mean, I think Sansa would have been fine if the people she were, you know, the her future in-laws were at all normal and she wasn't being plunged into this horrible world, you know, but I don't think anyone could have planned for that. And I think, you know, so one of the women, you know, one, a lot of the women who are mothers are fairly minor characters, but um, Maria Dari, who is, you know, Gatehouse Amy and Fat Walda's mom, like she seems like pretty, like, you know, Gatehouse Amy has some issues, but you know, like she's <laughs> the mother-in-law kind of taking over the household, well, helping her out. You know, she seems, sexuality. <laughs> and, you know, to kind of get into one of the questions I know we have, um, and, you know, one of the questions I had was around like, who's, who do we think is one of the best mothers? And then mm-hmm. I know we had a question about this person specifically, but, you know, I'd point to Alaria Sand yeah. and, you know, she has her, you know, her four daughters. And then she is essentially like almost a stepmom to Oberyn's four older daughters. And, you know, we see in her one big scene and I think it's feast where she's basically like warning the daughters off of revenge and, you know, yes. talking about the influence of them on her younger daughters. And I mean, it's just like, you can see, okay, this is a good you know, this is a good mom. You know, she cares about her kids. She cares about these, you know, she cares about Oberyn's daughters. Like she understands. Well adjusted. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, we meet in, we don't, we meet Elia, her oldest in one of the win sample chapters. And she's, you know, a very winning kind of, you know, she's, she's a winning little 18 year old, let's say (laughs) it's like, you kind of like, yeah, she's going to cause some trouble, but you know, like she wasn't, she was, she's okay. Let's say she's, you know, she's, I think Ilaria did a pretty good job. Well, the question, which was basically, what are your thoughts on her as a mother, came from Cardinal Girl 75. And, yeah. And I mean, like, she's got the kids. They seem, like you said, to be fairly well-adjusted. I mean, the vengeance thing notwithstanding. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ilaria seems to be have had an active role with her partner. I mean... You know, I they think they seem like they were equal parents. It wasn't. Yeah, it was even like, for the uh, four older here girls. I'm off to whatever and you go take care of the kids. It seems like they were co-parenting and and, you know, yeah, even these four older girls that aren't hers, like the way that they treat her is, you know, obviously she had quite a bit of influence. She obviously had some influence on them and has like this relationship with them, like they're treating her with, you know, with the respect that you would of someone that, you know, essentially 
played a pretty big part in raising you. So I think, you know, I think she seems like a fine mother. Um, you know, it's just so funny. Like, talk about, you know, character destruction from the show. I mean, they, you know, they did a complete 180 with her. So well, they turned um, all the kids into, like, you know, horrible sluts and they turned her into a psychopath. And yeah. Well, and like sort of a nymphomaniac psychopath. Yeah, it would, so. you know, would be none. I would use none of those words to describe her. So, yeah, no, um, I mean, who else do you guys think, you know, who else would you give kind of good points for as, you know, being a good mom um, that we see? Gilly. She's really. Yeah. Yeah. She's like great. I think so. I mean, it's heartbreaking what happens, but yeah, I mean. Well, and again, she's, you know, you know. Seemingly a good mom to her own yeah. kid, although she didn't have yeah. him for long. And, you know, a really good mom to, you know, Eamon. Yeah. I think Tana Merriweather, you know, she has yeah. that boy that Cersei keeps trying to get her to bring to court. And oh, she is yeah. Bringing him to court. That's a but, good you know, point. That shows you that, you know, for all of her scheming yes. and whatnot, she's, she's still a good involved. mom. She ain't letting that kid come yeah, there. Yeah, she's not going to throw her kids out of the bus, at least. Yeah, right. that's a good point. It's a- it's hard to know because we don't know enough about her and we don't know where, you know, again, nature, nurture, what yeah, kind of influence she had. But I look at like, there is... look at the Tyrells. I mean, those kids seem mostly, I mean, at least they're, they've got some issues, certainly. But I mean, they seem like they seem like good kids. They seem the like good kids. They're they function as a family unit without being like crazy. You know, they care about each other. Well, um, and I have so, a question for you. Is Olena a good mom or a bad mom? Because I think the way she treats hmm. Mace, it seems like she kind of is a shitty mom in a way. Well, she talks <laughs> trash about her kids right. all of <laughs> the time. Does. And like, and sort of like. And Mace you, seems like, you know, he and his wife raised up a pretty good batch of kids. Yeah. So. Like, with Olena, I mean, it's not like. <laughs> It sounds like she trashes all, I mean, I'm pretty sure, I don't remember the one daughter, but she trashes the other one at least once, I think. And she trashes Maze and, like, in front of people who are not in the family unit. It's not like she's, like, (laughs) going to her sister going, that that Maze, oh, my God, he's driving me up the wall. I mean, no, she's talking to random random strangers (laughs) to rip them apart, you know? And again, so not a casual, it? like, I'm so sorry. You know, like what you might do when your two-year-old starts to destroy someone's guard. I mean, it's like he's a grown man and she's like, wow. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. The fact that he grew up and managed to father, you know, four reasonably adjusted children, I think speaks highly to him. I don't know about yeah. her. Yeah, because even Tywin, like, you get the impression that he says most of the shit in private to them when he, like, you know, rips But he doesn't... It- He's not they like don't... saying it in front of the court, you know. Yeah. I'm trying to think, he's not like, "Oh, you're such a shitty son" or something. I mean, maybe to Tyrion. Yeah, yeah, that's true to Tyrion. But I was, yeah, but, but like you get the impression, like, <laughs> like the land. I mean, I'm not saying God knows they are not an adjusted family. I mean, they're not. They have a little bit of dignity, you know, a mass of problems. But like, there's a you know that idea of like you you keep yeah. it inside the yeah. family. Like you yeah. don't go and just like. I don't know. I, I mean, at least she is just something else. Why not? Yeah, I mean, I love her, but you know. Well, and even you know, you know, Jenna is a little bit lesser. She doesn't really yeah. talk about her kids very much, but and you know, she she seemed to have a less than appropriate amount of grief for Cleos. Like, yeah, 
Yeah. You know, she you know, just wanted to know what happened, and maybe it's it, you know, it was quite a quite a while ago. But yeah, I mean, it was like you know, and I think one of her other kids was one of the cousins that um, Rickard Carstark killed. I could be wrong about that, but I think one of her middle kids. But yeah, um, you know, I think Cersei's certainly up there for worst mother, and you know, to me. You know, I'd add Sybil Spicer to that list, but I don't know yeah. if you guys have anyone to um for worst mother. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, I think it's probably mm-hmm. Cersei's a hard one to beat. Yeah, I mean, like I get the sense is is not great as Lysa is. I get the sense she actually legitimately cares about her child, whereas I don't think Cersei. Yeah, def- I think there's so much going on in Lysa's situation, like emotionally and mentally and, yeah. and his with the child that I think that yeah you can say okay there's it, X, it, Y, and Z reason why this happened. But I mean I think she cares about yeah. Robin. Yeah. I I would argue Cersei does not care about her children. And yeah. you know right. there are extensions of herself whereas I think Lysa does love her son. She's I think not, Lysa's Lisa's not capable of really being a great mom where Cersei yeah. just you know that Yeah, Cersei. but if we're comparing the two, Lysa takes off mother of the year. I mean, oh yeah, they're the contents contestants are contestants for that role. It's I, I mean, mean, Cersei's treatment of Tommen is just appalling. You know, is right. She's you know just awful to to a kid that oh, you know yeah. to a kid that is really promising. Frankly, like he is a promising guy. Yeah, promising little eight year old who has a good heart who wants to try to learn. You know, he wants to learn the you know the physical things that he's not good at yet, and he doesn't give up. He like he's actually like and... a really yeah, like a good, like a good kid. And I mean, you know, she's looking at your list him. here for to just jog memory. And I mean, like Celise gets a lot of shit, and I think she's again a little crazy, but she I think is very protective of her daughter. Yeah, you know, and even like the Stokeworth woman again. You know, she wants it, some of these people. We women, don't know much she, about Joanna, but it seems like right. she did the right thing when she saw what Jane I, and Cersei, you know, that were up to. Yeah, you know, I, Matt I mean, Mormont seems to, you know, I mean, it seems yeah. like culturally it wasn't like a big deal, but she certainly let her daughters, like, yeah. be who they wanted to be. And, you know, even with little Liana, who, you know, is obviously, you know, was obviously raised to be, you know, pretty confident, let's say. You know, so she probably is, was a pretty good mom. And, like, some of these characters, their moms were, I mean, like, they're in the dead moms club. So yeah, that, we don't know. I mean, like, the whole Baratheon thing. I mean, both their parents. But, like, well, even... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, like, um, even, like, a character... Like, we don't really know anything about Sam's mom, basically, yeah. other than her name and that Randall is fond of her. But, like, you know, I... I might be able to fault the fact that, you know, her, she doesn't know her husband's willing to like kill him if, you yeah. know, he doesn't get out of the way. But I mean, it's just hard with a lot of these characters to really know what they're, you know, they're truly like or what their influence and their role was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, again, you know, with, with Maria Dairy or Dari, however we say it, you know, when we talk about the Frey moms, for example, the various Freys, like, it seems like, in a lot, well, I know we have like Merrick kind of talking about, yeah, you can only trust your full siblings, but then I think in a huge family like that, it's like one mom isn't going to be, you know, like those yeah. kids have multiple, multiple influences, but it's like, yeah, a, yeah, God, it's like watching, um, 
Oh God! Sister-way? I mean, in a non destroy. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, yeah, or like Big Love. I don't know if you ever. Oh, saw that's that. the one I was thinking in my mind. And yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I mean, granted, though, it's not like there's polygamy going on in the house of Frey, but you know, it's just it sounds like they're all living together, and yeah. they're it's just. God, could you imagine the fights? Oh Lord. Well, yeah, I mean, when <laughs> I you know, so like, that. isn't it Black Walder that's, like, sleeping with all of his nieces or, like, oh, they're, you know, he's doing mess. all this crap. And, you know, basically they expect certain people to get killed as soon as, Yeah, you know, which is, and it's sort of a matter of fact. But. I, and I do think I just, within the societies, people do what they can to navigate. Like, um, I think there was one question that was sort of like, um, I don't know if that would ties into, like, about the good moms or not, but wasn't it something along the lines of. Like how much, you know, how much control they would have had, how they could function in that society where women didn't have, you know, a lot of control. But I still think to some extent in their own circles, they would have had some limited control and they would have worked with that. Depending, um, I mean, I think if if you look at like people... I mean, we have we have cultures that to, yeah. we have people in America who function this way. I yeah. mean, like the, it, it's possible to have, I mean, a certain amount of influence and to navigate yeah. um, under the radar, so to speak, or by, you know, manipulation or working within what you do have as power. And some of these women, I mean, like historically, yeah. like you mentioned War of the Roses, Guile. And I mean, I think about a, um, somebody like... Um, um, the mother of um, Edward the um, Fourth and Richard the Third and all that. Um, mm. um, Cecily. Of, no, okay. that's not Cecily um, Neville. Yeah, I mean, she had she she tra- I mean, she did not stay home. All of her children were born all over. You know, were all over England. She went with her husband, and they were apparently like a close, like a power couple. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and that's like an interesting, you know, like Westeros, we don't, you know, there is no power couple in a song of ice and fire. Like there's literally not a, you know, there's just not at all. Yeah. We, um, I don't want to, before we get too far away from Cersei, we did have a specific question about her. Um, and, uh, it was from nobody again, nobody, I should say, um, who asked, what might Cersei's character have been like if her mother hadn't died when she was a girl? And then she basically, she also, we were talking about nature versus nurture with Joffrey, and she referenced something about that. And I think that's, I mean, Joanna dies when they're like, what, seven or eight? I mean, that's a big age. They're like nine. Nine or nine, Uh because they were young when though. And Cersei would have been not like she would have been fostered she would have stayed home i mean I well i mean yeah. i still can't get you know she murdered her friend yeah at like yeah. yeah i don't think yeah, so i, I, think I feel was. like as much as people want to give cersei yeah. a pass the fact is that she's a sociopath and a narcissist and yeah like yeah. her mom around wasn't going to do anything yeah you can't well, kind of right. like what we were saying with joffrey yeah yeah I mean, I mean, even Tywin, I mean, the only thing I think could have possibly been slightly mitigated was maybe Ty- Tywin's harshness, and obviously for Tyrion, but, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's limits to what... So, you know, but, you know, one thing with Cersei is, 
you know, she does have a female influence in her life. You know, she has Jenna and, you know, a lot mm. of these other characters, yeah. they might not have a living, you know, they don't have a living mother in, in a lot of cases, but they do have characters that, you know, it's kind of serve that mother-like figure. So, you know, was there, were there relationships like that, that really, that you enjoy or, you know, you know, we've talked about Ilaria and, and the Sand Snakes and then, you know, obviously Jenna and um, the Lannister siblings, um, you know, Kat. I mean, I know, I think there was a question come around Kat and Brienne too. Yeah, and there was a question about Brienne and if, if uh, was it Scepter Roel? Something about it. Yeah. yeah. And let me find that. And it was, um, this is from Warret who asks, do you think that Scepter Roel and Kat and or Kat are mother figures to Brienne? Um, and sorry, Kat, for the association. And I mean, the, I think so. Just yeah, the way that Brienne thinks worse, about yeah. Roel. I mean, yeah. I don't, you know, I guess if, you know, it's not like a mom is just like this wonderful nurturing, you know, like yeah, there's yeah. like, well, you can have, yeah, right. yeah. I mean, she definitely has internalized the lessons that Roel taught her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A female figure for sure. And Kat, um, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I, think I don't she know. tries. I don't think Kat, like, Kat doesn't have a heart. You know, she's, she's kind of too lost in her own misery to, like, look out for Brienne's emotional state. Well, I mean, she, I mean, okay, like, she does try, like, initially, like, she tries to find her address. It sounds like she's trying to, like, you know, maybe that's as a woman and less as a, a mother figure. And I mean, certainly towards the end, there's, you know, there's not a lot going on there that's left of Cat, but. And I can't, you know, it's like you, you don't, you don't see Brienne reflecting back on Cat in a really personal way as much as in a, I'm, you know, pledged to you. This is my, you know. That's for the oath, yeah. Right. It's more of in a, more of service than of anything else. Um, yeah, I don't see it, but um, we've had. I mean, there's a couple other questions that yeah. are sort of related. Um, I mean, we've touched on some of these, but I'm there's one from um, Danny Buck, um, and there's I'm going to read both of these questions because I. Well, no, I'm not. I lied. Okay, <laughs> so Danny Buck asks, um, which of the missing mothers would you have wanted to see more of? You know who I would kind of like to see is Kasana Estremont, because I yes. find the Baratheon brothers to be, you know, they're an interesting threesome. And, you know, what was she, even we don't really know yeah. Stefan Baratheon either, but like, what was she like? And yeah. what was her influence, you know, on those kids? Because I with, with all of my heart, I have no proof of this, but I totally believe that like Stannis was her favorite and like, <laughs> Like I, I can't. Obviously, there is no proof of this, but I feel it in my soul that like she and Stannis had a relationship that was really important, even though like we know nothing ever, nothing about it. So do we know yeah, how long know, she lived? How that. long she lived? Do we know of that or? Yeah, well, they were. I mean, yes, we do. Okay. I mean, yeah. well, I don't know if we know her age precisely, okay. but but like, so like. I mean, I think it's formative for Stannis, not for Renly, because Renly was literally a baby yeah, when when they died. But oh, like, okay, yeah, yeah, because so like, 
And Robert would have been at the Vale, probably. Yeah. Oh, been, yeah. Like, really- so Robert was being fostered and went off and had this great relationship with Ned, who honestly is far more like Stannis than, you know, yeah. than Robert. Stannis is at home at at um the Stormlands. And um, I'm sorry, I'm like massively forgetting. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and watches the ship of Stefan and Kasana go down oh, in I the harbor. About that. Okay. And then like and Renly is a baby. I mean he's too young. And I think Stannis is stuck at home oh, like Lord. as the middle child, sort of like taking care of everything. And I think like resentful is all hell about it. Yeah, I think she'd be I, I like this idea. I can see that they would have had I'm down. What's so okay. funny when we talk That's about, like, that found family or, like, the step family and stuff. I mean, Stannis and Renly's relationship yeah. is, I mean, it should, you know, you'd think it'd be more of a father, a yeah. quasi-father, somebody. It 100% is not. Like, so, so, yeah, so resentment, I mean, and resentment would fit in there, you know. Yeah. Well, it does. Because, yeah. like, Renly doesn't understand, like, I mean, like. he got to be carefree and all. Renly's a child <laughs> yeah. during the rebellion. Yeah. And, you know, they're eating, like books and crap mm-hmm, because they're geez. trying to stay alive. Robert's the big hero who comes in. Again, Robert is the dad who shows up with the toys yeah, and the- he is totally the Disney dad man. Yeah. Status got the got the bitter under the stick. Oh my god. He did. <laughs> and then like the whole business. I, I, we're going to save this cuz we are going to do the Baratheon brother episode, but um <laughs> it would be lovely, you know, cuz I feel like with Kasana, that would have been someone and we see a little bit with, you know, with Crescent, but you know, Someone that really loves Stannis, yeah. you know, yes. and I, I just, you know, I feel like well, and then what clearly does the they did that do to you, and we know what it does to you, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, Gosh. we actually anyone else you guys would like? I mean, I, you know, I would have certainly liked to have seen Brienne's mom. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. I'd like to see, sure. you know, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of Joanna. Um, I would have been down for. I'm so curious about her. I've seen yeah. like all the fan extrapolation, and some of it I agree with, and some of it I don't. But I've got. I mean, he's one of my favorite characters in terms of like as an interesting character. So I'm really curious about her and what she would have been like. Well, and Liana too, because I just, you know, like I just find it heartbreaking that you know we get this character who's this you know, like really, you know, kind of wild, compassionate, intelligent girl and, you know, kind of does this like one incredibly impulsive thing and then dies in childbirth when she's 15. Like just like clearly this like really vibrant, like girl and just, you know, that's her fate. And it's just like so flippant depressing to me. There's so much trauma. I mean, everyone in these stories, whether they're being like sold off essentially to someone, you know what I mean? Yeah bartered for someone else's family it's like horrific like all these kids are and the pa- it's traumatic for the parents too especially if you think of the situations where the moms didn't have a lot of control over this they weren't you know able to maneuver the people who are well or uh, you know like we think about liza again and there is gosh, no you know when when yeah. did manisa went die like was she dead during all of i mean it seems oh, like yeah, she was probably yeah. dead when you know when Hoster's doing like all of the you know all well, of this no one ever recalls stuff her liza yeah. right you know, they don't and, mention, like, Jamie doesn't think about, I mean, well, granted, Jamie doesn't think about Hoster either, but, I mean, I, she, I don't. Yeah, he doesn't think about her being there when he's possibly being matched with her. Like, we don't hear anything, you know, we hear about Hoster, well, we don't hear about Hoster, but we hear about what, you know, I, I don't know, I, yeah. and, but nothing about, I mean, yeah, their mom or anything. I mean, it, there's, 
and just knowing like the Wentz and knowing like the hit, you know, she's comes from Heron Hall and stuff. Like she'd be another one that's kind of interesting, you know. Like, well, you know, she grew up at Heron Hall, you know. That's kind of fascinating. Like, what you know, who's that person? And you know, we don't get any of you know, we don't get any of that. We get like a first and last name of her, and that's it. Like, we don't know yeah. anything about her character at all. Like Joanna, we feel like maybe we know a little bit. You know, Liana, even like Rayella Targaryen. Like, we have little and Elia Martell for that matter. We have like yeah. hints yeah. of, and I, you know, Elia would be another one I wish you know was was still around. But we have some hints of their characters. But you think like, my God, you know, Ned and Cat again, like they're two of the most important characters in the story and we don't know a damn thing about either of their mothers. Either you know, we know their names. Yeah. yeah that is wild. And it's kind of yeah. like, yeah, it's wild. Well, and, and every time we see like, that's the, my other issue, like Liana is fascinating to me, but like, we only really hear about her from male characters. We don't, right. you know, you know, right. and I, I kind of, I'm curious about, well, I mean, wouldn't you have loved to have had cat thinking about her? Cause cat had yeah. to know her. Yeah. And you know, like, she basically and Kat well, you no know, was kind of in love with Brandon. Like she, you know, was like in love with him, looking forward to marry him. And then his little sister goes and like basically gets him killed. Oh, and like I think Kat, knowing Cat, she kind of <laughs> probably has to like, like, not be the biggest Liana fan. Let's say. Yeah, that would have been like ripe for the writing. <laughs> I'd like yeah, to hear that. Like, <laughs> that you know, like. Every time Ned, you know, is going to wax poetic about Liana, there's Cat thinking of oh, that bitch. <laughs> you know? Like, oh, God, not this again. So we've got another. We Again, we just kind of touched on part of this. Um, but there's a second part of their question. Um, Barbecue asks, um, what character do you, do you think would have changed the most for better or for worse if their mother was or wasn't around, which hmm. we kind of touched on, but also... If there's one piece of parenting advice you'd like to give to one of the mothers, mother figures in the series, what would it be and to whom? Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's like the first question here is like, okay, which, you know, they've got to think of a mom, basically, like Celise, you know, hey, don't burn your children. <laughs> um, <laughs> Religion is not the answer, you know, I don't know. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, I, I maintain that until that's actually happened, it hasn't happened, so, you know. Mm. Um, I don't know. She's a character. You know, honestly, I, I do wish she was more fully fleshed as a character. Um, she's another one. We never really, like, John doesn't care for her because she kind of is snippy and haughty with him. But, like, in Davos isn't a fan. But, like, we don't really get a big sense of who she is. So, um, Celise, I mean, yeah. Um, other than I think she's fairly protective of her daughter, but, um, I don't know. Like, I guess with Joanna, it would have been keep your kids apart. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But she was honestly on. I mean, she had that all planned. Right. Um, Yeah, it seems like a lot of stuff is so situational that it's hard to say. Because all more about, like, things that happen, like, without. I mean, maybe with Kat, like, listen, you know, like, just listen to, you know, let your kids be, let your kids be themselves a little bit more. Yeah. Like, listen to, you know, listen to them a little bit more. 
but again, like, you know, we don't really, we don't really see much of her relationship with Bran and Rickon. So it's really just, you know, or Arya. Yeah. I mean, we see a little bit of that and, you know, we mostly see her with, with Rob and, you know, I guess like, <laughs> like, I, you know, with Rob, it's like, ugh. well, I read somewhere that Martin regrets not having had like a, a bit of her relationship with Arya because I think a lot of fans have extrapolated that, you know, she doesn't have a relationship with her daughter. And no, I, don't I think, think that's true. Just, you know, maybe with Kat, it's like, she's trying to parent. She, it seems like she kind of tried to parent Arya and Sansa the same yeah. and they're not, and, the, was, and, and maybe that would they're been. not the same kid, you know, like, they're, yeah. you know, just cause they're both girls they're you know, they need something different, you know, they needed different things from her. I think it is hard because I think you'd want you want things to go smooth for your children, but it's hard to always. Uh, it's <laughs> you could say, "Oh, this is reality," and you see where certain things will be difficult for them if they make those choices. Like yeah. sometimes I have sympathy for. And he's not a. It's not a mother, but for Tywin, it's weird and sick, and I don't mean like he's perfect or anything he's doing, but like I can kind of understand his frustration if you look at the mindset. Well. I'm trying to do these things to get X, Y, and Z and have these things happen for my kids. And they're just completely fucking up. Like, like my kids are making terrible <laughs> yeah. decisions. Basically. Okay. Oh, yeah. God. I mean, I mean, honestly, like you start with Jamie, you know, God. Jamie joining the Kingsguard. Like it's yeah. terrible. You know, it's a yeah, terrible it's decision. Like, and you're him. trying to and, make, make things smoother for their lives and build this thing. And then like, okay. You know, they, gonna, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a good point. Like here's time when he's trying to like. I'm going to go date this guy, even though he's a total yeah. shit. And, and I'm like, going to take the car. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I you was trying to betroth <laughs> Jamie to like a good marriage, you know, a, a good, you know, perfectly acceptable marriage. He'll be, you know, the Lord of the Rock, like a boring, like you know, a boring good life, and, you know, Jamie's, like, fucking a sister and, like, giving away his birthright. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's, yeah, and it's like, I remember having friends who their parents were totally willing to have money saved that would send them to college, and they just putzed it away, and I was like, how could you do that? <laughs> like, you know, like, oh my gosh, you had everything. I'm gonna invest it all in Beanie Babies. It's great, <laughs> yeah. I swear, it's way better, you so know. So sort of that, if you relate it to that, I could see the <laughs> frustration. We, we did have, we have one more question um, about, like, sort of biological mothers and then we have a bunch of questions about like um, you know Hmm. like you said found families Um, this is from cardinal girl 75 who asks how much of an impact did robert's rebellion have on the mothers did it lead to catelyn protecting sansa more than she should do you think it played any kind of role in lisa aaron's mothering of robin i doubt it had much of an impact on cersei as a mother all things considered that's an interesting one. Hmm. I mean, you could say that, I guess, like, where before the rebellion, the, you know, if we talk about the whole Sothran and Southern ambitions and stuff, and after the rebellion, it does seem like the people of the kingdom tended to, the people of each of the seven kingdoms kind of, like, went within themselves a little bit for the most part. And I don't know if that was particularly protective of you know, of the children or just like there's this horrible war and then everyone kind of needed to go home and rebuild and, you know, hunker down for, for a little bit. Cause you just, yeah, I mean, you, you don't really see or you don't hear of too much interaction even between the kingdoms until the Greyjoy rebellion, you know, like everyone kind of, you know, did, you know, did their own thing, I guess. But, 
and you know it's hard to it's hard to see how much of the raising of the children or like protectiveness of the children i mean to me it almost feels like that's more of a ned than a cat thing like cats i mean if you think back to the books like cats much um you know she's much more politically savvy than than ned is like ned is and you know ned obviously has a much greater reason to you know shut off the kids basically yeah, like she seems like she I mean she understands instantly what it means for her daughter. Yeah. I mean, and she doesn't seem totally opposed to that. I I think I don't know if and with Lysa, I, I kind of think Lysa's life played an impact in the mothering of her child. Yeah. I don't know how much of that was like, you know, from like Yeah. Like right now and I'm sure it's still going to be going on when this is aired. Like right now we're in this pandemic and that does seem to be changing. I mean, I know, I know it's altering me, you know, and how I approach things as a external influence. And I guess what I'm saying is I think with her, it seems much more like it's the more immediate things in her life. Yeah. You know, it's. Yeah. She's been like forcibly taken you know, everything that she, everyone she loves, she's been forcibly taken away from. Right. So and it's she being married has, to this old man. Yeah. And then she you goes know, through all these miscarriages carriages. And, and then she, you know, she has this one child and I mean, she focuses everything she has on that child. Doesn't, and him doesn't and, you know, Peter. think that, doesn't she think that she's changed a lot? I mean, I'm trying to think like pre, yes. pre a miscarriage, pre all the like horrific things she's had happen to her. So I don't think it was an inherent thing. I think maybe, you know, she'd had a younger husband and not had all those horrible, you know, foster yeah. and miscarriages and, and then all this stuff. I mean, you could see why, you know, the well, and the forced abortion why. and all of yes, that. Yes, you could see why she's so over overprotective. Yeah. Well, I mean, because Kat reflects, I think, that she's changed physically. She yeah. seems different. I mean, it's like... She's traumatized, you know. Well, she's probably and, medicated, too, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, it's a whole other. Yes, and same thing for Sweet Robin. You know, I we didn't get yeah. a question about that, did we? About Sansa? Not yet. Okay. Um, yeah, but like, I think with that's that's more about Sansa. I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I okay. I'm, I guess it's my thing to talk about movies no one else will have heard of. But like, there's a Orson Welles films called The Magnificent Ambersons, and there's this this character whose romance with the guy she really should have been with goes south and she marries this, you know, the wealthy guy, the older guy and someone in the, the film predicts, you know, her kid's going to be a terrible brat. And they're like, well, how can you know that? And like, cause she has nothing for this man. It's only all of her love, all of her affection is going to be poured into this child. And it's just, and I think that's what happens with Lysa. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then Peter's in there playing mind games and whatnot. And I'm sure that's also shaping everything. And I think what you do, and that's a sort of another aspect of that society where you do have very little in your control. You kind of control what you can. Yeah. Sometimes go overboard controlling to the extreme. Well, because she would she was forced to give up. I mean, it, it, there was never any question of her being married off to Peter. That was never going to be in the yeah. car. Right. He's yeah. way too lowly for that. She's not going to get the guy who's, you know, in love with her sister. You know, she raped. I mean, you know, yeah. Um, And then like she loses the, you know, 
they make her abort the baby and then she's married off to this guy and you know who's like three times her age and i can't imagine court would have been much fun for her i mean i can't see her and cersei being gal pals and and then peter constantly yeah mind well, I mean, she her. was yeah and i mean you know she's the one who brought peter into her life yeah, but I mean, once he was, was there, I mean, right. he would have been taking advantage of that situation. Oh, sure. And I can't see John Aaron being like, it sounds like John Aaron was, you know, the plan was to get his son away from her. Which, yeah. I mean, while I think that's not inherently the worst idea at the same time, I mean, as a parent, you know, that would be horrible. Well, it's one more thing, like one more person she loves Since taken away from her, her, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it's, you know, we think, like, yeah, that's, she, you know, I have so much sympathy for Liza, and she's not a character, you know, she's not anyone's favorite character, but just, you know, boy, life and her father dealt her, and Peter, you know, they all, like, used her so, so poorly, so badly. So, that, I think, unless you have more... And I've not well, go for it. I swear. Um, I think every, I all the it. other. <laughs> well, all the other questions I think deal about um, non-biological yeah, relationships. Yeah, yeah. So um, that question we just referenced, Ariana two asked or twenty two asked. Um, while it's obvious that Sweet Robin has some medical issues, Sansa's influence is helping him grow, reading to him about knights instead of animal stories, making him feel brave and important. But how is his influence shaping Sansa? On the one hand, she has been forced to take care of this annoying, traumatized kid, and sometimes she is understandably tired of him. On the other, while Sansa has always tried to protect those around her with limited power, Tommen, Dantos, Lancel, Ladies of Blackwater, this is the first time she is in a position of power relative to Sweet Robin over someone more vulnerable than her. I just find their relationship fascinating, so I guess I just want to talk to you about it. And the different influences that Sansa and Lysa have over Sweet Robin. I mean, it's, you know, I I feel like there's just not enough real information. I mean, I kind of like the realism of, like, Clotho, I imagine there's times when you also find your children extremely annoying and bothersome. <laughs> um, I feel like that seems like a very, you know, very common complaint of yeah. motherhood. But yeah. I I guess, like, I, and I, you know, it's so hard to speculate, but I do kind of feel like the idea of Sansa having this power over Robin and, you know, the fact that he is so vulnerable, is that leading to this, you know, leading to this moment about what kind of person is Sansa going to be? Because we know that Peter basically is assuming that either that Robin's going to die or he's going to help him along to die. Yeah. And, you know, Sansa keeps getting brought more and more into Peter's plots. And is there going to be a point where she, you know, she, He's going to be like, here, take where she chooses, (laughs) right? Like where she chooses to whether or not to protect him and, or, you know, chooses the power that, or, you know, the, the power that she's going to be given by Peter. Um, and you know, that kind of, you know, we, we've always had Sansa kind of thinking about what kind of queen she would be, for example. And this is sort of like a, you know, the moment maybe this is like the moment for her of what kind of a person is she really going to be is she going to do 
something awful for power or not. Um, you know, it's kind of her reckoning, maybe. maybe. And again, who the hell knows where, where the story is going to go. But, I mean, it kind of does feel like that to me that, you know, she's being set up in this position of power over him because she's going to have to make a choice. It does. Yeah, it does. Uh, we have a question. Well, this is an interesting, again, from Ariana22, who asks, um, what do you think about Arya's relationship with Weasel versus mm-hmm. the p- portrayal in the show um, Fanon? I never really thought about it as a yeah. mother-child thing. Just because, you know, Arya is so young that, but I mean, I think. Yeah, Weasel. Joy. Yeah. But she does, I mean, she does look out for her. Right. All these poor kids. Well, well, and I mean, Arya does, you know, Arya is, again, like, she is kind of a bit of the champion of, of the underdog. Or, yeah. you know, she has this innate sense of, of justice. And she does, you know, look out for people. She does seek, you know, she thinks about how she's creating her own pack with, like, Hot Pie and Gendry. And, you know, like, she's... I mean, she's definitely seeking family, you know, she's seeking these family-like relationships up until before she goes over, you know, before she goes to Esso. So I think, you know, yeah, there is something to that. She has that, um, it's a small bit, but there's the Lady Smallwood. It yeah. might be in, um, might be in Storm of Swords. Um, yeah. But like, you know, Arya is typically, you know, like portrayed as the total tomboy and everything. And she's Lady Smallwood, who's like, you know, putting her in her daughter's dresses and, you know, getting her bathed and taking care of her. And I mean, Arya tolerates this in a way that, you know, kind of like she's been missing this kind of like adult, you know, like a grown up taking care of her, yeah. like a parent relationship. And, um, there's a line later on when she's talking about someone else and like, well, this was no lady Smallwood or something like that. So I think it's like, I don't know. I think a lot of people see her as this soulless killer. And I'm like, no, this is a little girl who yeah. desperately needs, you know, a family. And I but. think, you know, we, you think about when, especially doing the reback of the Game of Thrones chapters, you see like the like how much of an influence Micah's death is on her, and oh yeah, you know she does. I think there is a big part of her that wants, you know, she she does have that protector part of her, and I think yeah. you know some of those relationships and some of those relationships in Harrenhal are, and in the Brotherhood even are our reflection of that, but I don't, you know, again, like I just have a hard time assigning like a mothering type of type of thing. Cause she's so young. Just Cause she's so young. Yeah. Well, here's a character who, this is all, I think the remaining two questions are from, um, this Ariana. I can't say your name. I'm sorry. Ariana 22 who asks, um, do you think, uh, lady Dustin Barbary, that is, will play a role in Ramsey's fall to avenge Domerick? God, I hope so. I would be shocked if that's not the case. I right. Really... I mean, yeah, I totally. I mean, you hear sometimes you read things in fandom that I just like 
that like, don't include Barbary Dustin being part of the group that's going to take down the Boltons that I, I'm just like, do you not understand that Domerick was her son? Like that was essentially, you know, her nephew, but she raised him and this is her son. This is like who she loved you know, and who, who she loved, else who loved. Ramsey killed. Like, of course she's going to fucking get revenge for him. And also does Barbary Dustin seem like a person that would just let things like ride, you know, Right off her back and, you know, let it go. Like, hell no. She's no, no. She's remembering slights from, like, 25 years ago. <laughs> right. Like, like she's going to get, like, double revenge. Like, she's going to revenge you revenge, she's this not personal. just revenge. This is not, yeah, yeah, this is someone who, yeah. And then it's funny because our last question is something I really thought we would touch on before this and we didn't either. Um, I'd ask about Brienne and Pod too, but I'll be truly surprised if you haven't already talked about them, <laughs> and we haven't. So I mean, Brienne seems like a pretty good mom to Pod. Like, really, like she, you know, emotionally, she's not quite capable or ready to like emotion, like give him emotional support. I feel like, but she, you know, definitely, you know, she's. I don't know. Maybe she's not really mom like. I mean, she's a good teacher, I guess. I don't know that she's a mom. What do you guys think? Uh, we don't get. We don't know about. Um, wait, was his his parents aren't alive, right? Pod. He's well. His mom, I think, is alive. She just ran off with. Oh, okay. Let me. But his yeah. mom might be alive. Okay. Okay. Oh gosh. So he. Yeah. So he's truly an orphan. And he's been a band. I mean, uh-huh. he was yeah. dumped in, and Kevin sort of looked out for him, and then oh. like he got. Moved over to Tyrion, and then I think Tyrion, yeah, he sees it as like, you know, that they left him. I mean, she almost feels more, and I hate to say this, but I mean, she almost feels more like a father than a mother. Yeah, because of the fact that she is like teaching him as a squire and like doing the things that a father, you know, doing the things that a traditional father would do. And that's his whole world is doing that and seeing. I mean, I think the physical things are, but I think like either you know like a mother or a father would teach you know you teach your child values and you teach them to do things and she's got him practicing and doing you know trying to inculcate him with certain values um whether by example or i mean even just the tasks like okay you're gonna do this you're gonna do that um she's certainly a caregiver i mean is she though i'm just like i'm thinking about their relationship and then i'm thinking about Duncan egg and how they feel a lot, they feel a lot like alike to me. And I would never think of Dunk as, I, I mean, I honestly don't think of Dunk as a father figure to Egg really at all. Hmm. I, I don't know. Is that because Egg is much more um, like a demonstrative type personality and more, like he's, like Pod seems more internal? Say, yeah, he's sensitive yeah. and more, yeah, I don't know. Hmm, that's interesting. I consider that. I mean, maybe because, you know, and frankly, Dunk is more demonstrative than Brienne, both Brienne and Yeah, uh, yeah, they're, yeah, are. they both are. So maybe that's part of it, too, because they're quieter, pers- yeah. like more spits and Ooh, both yeah. live very much in their own heads. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. God, you got two really shy. It essentially seems like two really shy people. Yeah. But I, I do get the sense that Brienne, just as Arya is in. Maybe not as intentionally as Arya seems to want, because again, Arya's a child and Brienne is a lot older, but um, it seems like, you know, Arya or Brienne is almost building a family too. I mean, that's one of the things I hate so much in Storm yeah. is that, you know, she's got, I mean, it's a weird family. 
you know, it's her and um, the Septon and Dog and Heil. And I mean, uh, but I mean, they're, I they're like a like unit. This, this is like, I'm not remember seeing the them show? as like a biological oh, no, I'm family. I'm totally thinking of like the stupid sitcom Full House and I've totally cast <laughs> Heil as like Uncle Joey or whoever the one that wore the hockey jerseys. Yeah, it's, I know like, you're talking about. <laughs> but like, yeah i mean and i mean that's part of like if they were just a group of random people that you were traveling with to the next highway rest stop i mean you don't have any emotional attachment to any of that but it feels more like they're doing a thing they're traveling together and they feel more like a unit yeah like, maybe not a traditional family maybe not a traditional parent but it oh, and does it's funny, feel like, like something, you know. If you said, are Heil and Brienne or, you know, possible Jamie Brienne, are they Pod's parents? Hmm. I would say yes. But for some reason, I have a hard time seeing Brienne as the single mom of Pod. Although I'm totally <laughs> down for any, like, Brienne adopts Pod um, alternative <laughs> universe fan fictions. Like, I love that. For some reason, though, in the books, I I don't see it, but... I feel like I will, and I, I don't know what it is, but I yeah. I'm Joey. Was there any other questions then? That was it. <laughs> we got a ton of questions, so um, thank yeah. everyone for the for the questions, and um, thank you for the you know thank you for the Patreon um, suggestion as well. And if you want to support the podcast on Patreon, we would certainly encourage you to do that. And um, I believe it's for fifty bucks. We'll talk about anything you want, pretty much. <laughs> So, um, and this was this was one of those. So, thank you again, Samantha, for the um, for the suggestion. Obviously, we had a ton to talk about in this episode. But if you just have questions for future episodes, you can reach us at closethedoorand at gmail dot com, or you can find us on Twitter at door podcast or at close the door and come here on Tumblr. Um, find us wherever you find wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Um, and with that, I am closing the door. Get out. <laughs>